podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So, as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router, and any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. What's good, boys and girls? Two-footed podcast on Friday, the 24th of March. Hope you're all looking forward to a nice weekend of rest, relaxation, and not having to watch your club side play football this weekend. Uh, I wouldn't normally do this, but this is this has properly wound me up. We begin with Jake Humphrey, who has posted on LinkedIn. Good morning from my sofa. It's 5.12 a.m. The family are asleep. I am not. I never am at this time. This is because I have three world-class basics that I start my day with. 5 a.m. alarm clock, water and vitamins, 
10 minutes spent planning a list for the day. These are world-class basics. Basic because they are simple. A daily reminder that to achieve the things you want in life, it isn't about huge leaps of faith, life-changing decisions, or massive changes of direction. It's simply breaking your day down into the smallest parts possible. Your many, many decisions. And asking what each one says about your self-worth. And what do decisions have to do with self-worth? Are they worth an early night that allows recovery? Do you value your body enough not to fill it with processed crap? Do you care about your mind enough to be selective about the input you give it? Are you precious enough to carefully select who you spend your days with? Do you love yourself enough to quiet that intrusive negative chatter? The following was said in capitals. Every single decision you take is a vote for the person you want to be. Reflect on that line above for a moment. It makes me want to shout from the rooftops that your version of high performance is already there. It's within. It's found behind those small, seemingly insignificant daily decisions. You see, habits have ripples. One habit feeds into the next. Get up early. You have space to reflect. You have time to eat well. Eating well means energy for a great morning. A great morning means you inf- you feel empowered to choose a smart lunch. A smart lunch powers you through a strong afternoon. Your positive mood means you hit the gym at the end of the day. The early start leads to a recharging earlier night. You repeat the same the next day. Again, in capitals, all of the above comes from that earlier start. The rest are ripples. And you don't allow excuses to tell you it isn't possible. I have two kids, four jobs, work for two charities, and still manage it. Mostly. Nobody is perfect. But Jake comes close. And I promise you this stuff works. My TV career has come from world-class basics. Again, in capitals. Breaking down the art of presenting to its smallest level and trying to improve all elements. The success of my company, Whisper, has come from treating a TV agency like an F1 team and focusing on marginal gains. We have 300 staff and started in my spare room. The impact of the high-performance podcast comes from the same mindset, an intense focus on everything we release being perfect. Be empowered by this. I want you to recognize my story, understand it's possible, Know you deserve to have a goal and realize the tiniest decisions can determine the outcome. And finally, be consistent. It is the golden bullet here. Great things take time. That's why achieving them feels so good. I'd love you to share this with anyone who feels who you feel needs to hear it. And I'd love your thoughts below. You really wouldn't love my thoughts, Jake. You really wouldn't love my thoughts. You self-important, pompous dickhead. But here's my first thought. You have world-class basics and you misspelt the word good at the beginning of your diatribe of self-entertainment. This is verbal masturbation is what this is by Jake Humphrey. What a twat. And the High Performance Podcast is shit.
Right, moving on. Bayern Munich have sacked Julian Nagelsmann as their head coach less than two years into a five-year deal. Bayern paid a 25 million euro release clause for Nagelsmann when they took him from Orbi Leipzig, where he had spent two seasons. He, of course, made his name with Hoffenheim, spending three years there, getting them into the Champions League at one point. He was seen and still should be seen as the best and biggest coaching talent in world football. He's still only 35, which is quite remarkable. Um, there's there's probably multiple reasons why this has happened. Bayern's results domestically haven't been good enough for Bayern this season, uh, which is certainly one thing to consider. The other factor is there's been some rumours of a falling out between him and Hassan Salihamidzic, the director of football, over certain players that were and weren't signed. And that's definitely going to be something that uh, people will talk about coming over the next couple of weeks. Uh, This is the second high-end manager that has left Bayern now in the last while, we know that Hansi Flick didn't get on with Salahamazic, and it wouldn't at all surprise me if Salahamazic has been the one to push this issue because self-preservation is his main goal. Um, I don't think he'll be out of work for long. I'd imagine he will start getting calls very soon. I don't think he'll jump into a job before the end of the season, But if I'm Tottenham and I know I'm going to move on from Antonio Conte, this is who I throw my money at. Uh, Nagelsmann likes a back three and I've been over it. I think Tottenham have a squad, especially next season with a a doji coming in, that will be well suited to that. They need those defenders and that goalkeeper. But I don't think Tottenham are a million miles away. And I think Nagelsmann is the type of coach who would work very well in that environment. I think that's the right environment for him to go into next as well, less pressurised. A lot of people have said, oh, well, he'll probably go to Chelsea. If I was him, I would run a million miles from that job. I understand it's a better collection of players than what is at Spurs, but I also think they need quite a lot. And I, if I was him, I would look at Graham Potter's situation and think that could easily be me. That could easily be me. Now, I know he'll have the ego to think he'll do better and he likely would do better. But at the same time, he's witnessing one very promising up-and-coming manager getting torn down at Chelsea and potentially getting sacked after less than a season. And he can look at the history of the club and know that, you know, it happened to V.S. Boas as well. V.S. Boas was Nagelsmann 10 years ago. And his career never fully recovered from being sacked by Chelsea so quickly. He's been linked to Real Madrid, and there's no doubt that Real do have uh, a fondness for Nagelsmann. But I don't think he has the brand recognition to be the next Real Madrid manager, if I'm being honest. I think they want someone who's a bigger name. I think they want someone who is going to command the dressing room a bit more, who'll have that respect from the players. 
you see, winning the Bundesliga with Bayern is like getting a free toy in your Happy Meal. It, it's great to have on your CV, but it really and truly, you should only need to turn up to do that. I mean, Nico Kovac won the Bundesliga there and he failed miserably. Nagelsmann is doing well in this season's Champions League, but it hasn't been always inspiring. He would have to win the Champions League, I think, to get that Real Madrid job. I think that's... You look at Real's history with managers, it's big names, it's star turns. Carlo Ancelotti, obviously, in his second spell now... He's one of the biggest names in management. Julian Lopetegui wasn't a big name. He lasted four months and they sacked him. Zinedine Zidane had the gravitas of his playing career. Rafa Benitez had won a European Cup, multiple La Ligas, a Europa Europa League and all, all the cups you could want. Mourinho was the biggest name going. Pellegrini wasn't a big name. He lasted a year. Juan de Ramos had won two UEFA Cups, gone. Bernd Schuster had the reputation as a player. He had the name recognition. Vanderlei Luxemburgo, formerly a Brazilian manager. He'd managed the Brazil national team. He'd been around a long, long time. Everybody knew who he was. Nagelsmann, I, everybody knows Nagelsmann, but I don't think he has, I don't think he's got the, the the track record and I don't think he's got that big enough brand, big enough personality for Real to go for him yet. If he were to go to Spurs and have a bunch of success or go to Chelsea and say win a European Cup, then I think you would see Real Madrid look at him. But Not right now, I don't think. I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong, and maybe he ends up there. But I think they'll they'll look elsewhere. If I was him, Spurs is the job I would look at. And I know people like to mock Spurs and all the rest. I would rather manage Spurs than Chelsea because I think you've got more of a chance of getting patience, of getting time, of having a say in how things are run. Now, the one thing he would need at Chelsea, or at Spurs, rather, is a new director of football because Paratici's not very good at his job. Um, but, you know, if if Nagelsmann went into a meeting with Daniel Levy and said, I want a different director of football than the guy you've got right now, I think Levy would do that because he's tried to get Nagelsmann twice. He tried to get him in 2019, when it, Pochettino was going to leave that summer after losing the European Cup final. He decided that that had come to an end. They tried for Nagelsmann. He'd already agreed to go to Leipzig. They stuck with Pochettino. It, it turned into a mess, obviously, at the end. In 2021, when they were looking to replace Mourinho, they again went for Nagelsmann, but he had his eyes on the Bayern job. And then Bayern got that one wrapped up quite quickly. Uh, he will bounce back. I have no doubt he's going to have a very successful career as a manager. I do think he needs to. I do think he needs to settle on what his preferred playing style is. I think he jumps about a little bit too much from a tactical point of view. 
Um, replacing him at Bayern Munich is Thomas Tuchel, the former Mainz, Dortmund, Paris Saint-Germain and Chelsea manager. Uh, one funny little wrinkle is that in Nagelsmann's last season as a player, he played for the Augsburg Reserves, who were managed by Thomas Tuchel. Uh, Tuchel obviously has had success. He has won a European Cup with Chelsea. He also won two league titles and was a European Cup runner-up with Dor- with, with uh, PSG, and he did win the Cup with Dortmund. He has a track record. He is a proven quantity. He's one of the best coaches in the world. He just struggles with getting out of his own way. Uh, no doubt at some point he will fall out with everybody at Bayern, but it wouldn't surprise me if he wins a European Cup in the interim. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Thomas Tuchel wins the European Cup with Bayern this season. It would not surprise me at all. I think it's an upgrade for Bayern. I think he is a better manager than Nagelsmann at this point in their respective careers. He's obviously a far more experienced manager, though Nagelsmann, to his credit, has been around quite a while now at this point. Um, I think Thomas Tuchel's a really good coach. I think he'll do very well at Bayern. I think he can walk in and command the room, and I think the players will respect him. I don't know that certain senior players ever fully respected Nagelsmann. I don't know that the likes of Muller and Nauer ever fully got on board with the Julian Nagelsmann experience. But I think they will with Thomas Tuchel. So I think Bayern have done well to get Tuchel uh, at this juncture before somebody else snapped him up in the summer. I, I think it may well have been driven by their desire to get Thomas Tuchel. He's somebody that they've been looking at for a number of years. Um, I just, I think the timing makes sense. Right, moving on. We had uh, eight games in the European Championship qualifiers last night. Uh, Slovenia beat Kazakhstan 2-1. Slovakia and Luxembourg played out a nil-nil draw. England went to Naples and defeated Italy 2-1. Italy were pathetic in the first half. Pathetic. Declan Rice opened the scoring. Harry Kane scored from the penalty spot on 44 minutes to move above Wayne Rooney and become England's all-time leading goal scorer. It's obviously a a huge achievement. Um, Some people have tried to downplay it by pointing out, oh, but he scored a lot more penalties than Rooney. And that is true, but he's also played 39 less games than Wayne Rooney. He is going to set the bar where I'm not sure it'll ever get touched or or certainly won't get touched for 40, 50 years. Uh, Kane realistically could hit 75 goals for England. That is realistic for him. He could go even higher. He's still got four, five really good years in him. He'll turn 30 this summer. He's probably got four to five good years in him because his game will age well because he doesn't rely on pace. He doesn't rely on athleticism. 
he's super smart. He's a really good passer the ball. He's obviously an, a world-class finisher. His movement is exceptional. I don't think it's unrealistic that he gets to 75, potentially even 80. He's got 54 now. I think that number is going to rise significantly. And I would be surprised if anyone comes close to it in the next 20 years. Like, if we look at the list of um, the top goal scorers for England, no active player is in the top 10 other than Kane. So he's got quite a gap between himself and everybody else. If we look at the the current squad, um, Marcus Rashford is 15. Now, potentially Rashford goes on a tear, but he's not getting to 75. Sterling has 20. He's not getting... I, I doubt he'll get past 30 for England. No one else in the current squad that was picked for these games has more than 10. Bakayo Saka has seven. Now, he's only 21, but Saka's a winger. It's unlikely that Saka will get close to Kane's level in terms of goal scoring. But that's still a, a very good return. But it is, you know, just under one in four. Whereas Kane is basically two in three for England. I think he sets the record and no one gets close to it, if I'm honest. Um, England, uh, Italy did fight back in the second half. Uh, Rotegi, the young Argentine-born player making his debut, scored in the 56th minute to give Italy a fighting chance. Luke Shaw was sent off on 80. Shaw had a poor game. Maguire had an absolute stinker. He was awful. Stones didn't play particularly well either. Walker was a bit ropey. That England team has problems. It's one thing beating Italy, missing a bunch of starters. Like Italy playing very much depth centre-backs and Pellegrini in attack plus uh, Rotegi. That's four starters missing from that Italian team. Whereas for England, you can make a real case that is his first choice 11. In fact, that I would say that is his first choice 11. Phillips, Rice, and Bellingham is his first choice midfield. Saka, Kane, Foden or Grealish would be the choices. Now, Foden came on and went off in this game, which uh, is of concern. But I I would say that is his first choice 11. Henry Winter wants you to think that England have a chance of winning a major trophy. While they have Garrett Southgate as manager, Pickford in goal, Maguire at centre-back, and this general malaise that hangs over them, they'll always fall short. There's too many players in that squad that don't deserve to be in that squad. Uh, Denmark 3, Finland 1. I told you all, look out for Rasmus Hoysland. He bagged himself a hat-trick. Oliver Antman scoring the other goal for the the only goal for Finland. Uh, Portugal 4, Liechtenstein 0. João Canseo, Bernardo Silva... And the stat patter extraordinaire, Cristiano, with two, uh, the third and fourth goal, when the game was already over and won, uh, just to make sure, you know, he got to do his little sue. 
Um, Portugal had 35 shots in the game. Uh, Liechtenstein had two. Uh, San Marino nil, Northern Ireland two. Dion Charles with both goals. It was a straightforward game. It was a game they were expected to win, but it's good to see the Northern Brethren get off to a good start under Michael O'Neill. North Macedonia two, Malta one. Elif Almas on the score sheet there. And Bosnia and Herzegovina two, Iceland nil. Um, good win. Sorry, three. Three nil. A good win for Bosnia and Herzegovina. Today, we have Bulgaria against Montenegro. Bulgaria have really fallen off from where they were in the 90s and 2000s to what we get from them now. It's very disappointing. They used to always produce like one great player and then a bunch of really good players every sort of 10 years. And now they just don't have anybody. Um, Gibraltar against Greece should be straightforward for Greece. Moldova against the Faroe Islands in a game that will be watched by about eight people. Uh, Serbia against Lithuania. Austria against Azerbaijan. Sweden against Belgium. I think that could be a good game. A lot of good players on both sides. And the Czech Republic against Poland should be a decent enough game. And France versus the Netherlands in what is the, the game of the week. That is also tonight. All of those games bar Bulgaria-Montenegro kick off at 7.45 UK time. The Bulgaria-Montenegro game kicks off at 5pm. Tomorrow, Scotland begin their quest for a spot at the Euros. They play Cyprus at home. Then it's Israel versus Kosovo. The the Scotland game's at 2pm. The Israel game is at 5pm, as is Armenia versus Turkey. That one could be spicy. Uh, Belarus versus Switzerland. That's also a 5pm kickoff. And then in the 7.45s, we get Spain against Norway. Should be a good one, though Haaland's out. So, you know, Haaland is taking the Ryan Giggs approach to international football, it would seem. Uh, Croatia versus Wales, as the Welsh look to start the post-Gareth Bale era. Andorra versus Romania. They've got similar flags. That's all I have to say on that. Uh, Sunday, then, we also have eight games. These are match day two in the qualifiers. So Kazakhstan against Denmark. England at home to Ukraine. Liechtenstein against Iceland. Slovenia, San Marino. Slovakia, Bosnia, Herzegovina should be a decent one. Northern Ireland versus Finland. A bit, bit of a bigger test there for Northern Ireland. Uh, Luxembourg, Portugal, and Malta versus Italy. So of those games on Sunday, the England-Ukraine game is definitely the pick of the bunch. I would say tomorrow, I would have gone for Spain-Norway, but with no Haaland, it's not as interesting. Croatia-Wales, probably the game I'd watch. I think today is the game, though. France versus the Netherlands, that's going to be fun. Um, It's a big test for both sides. And also with Mbappe as the newly minted uh, French captain, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, We'll take a break when we come back. A little bit of news, a little bit of gossip, and we're done nice and quick today because there's nothing going on in this this international break. And I have to bring Molly to the vet because she's got an eye infection. So I need to get done quickly. Uh, See you in a sec. 
Right, welcome back. I should point out, Molly has an appointment with the vet. I am not putting off bringing her to the vet to do a podcast. She is taking preference. It's just that that's the time I could get her in at so we could fit this in before. So so we were able to fit this in beforehand. And so just so everybody's clear. Uh, Lionel Messi has reached 800 top-level goals in his career, scoring twice as Argentina beat Panama in their first match since winning the World Cup. The 35-year-old becomes only the second player to reach that milestone Milestone after Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, he now has 99 international goals. 99 international goals. That is it. That is incredible. I know Cristiano has more. I don't care. I, I genuinely couldn't care less. Uh, there is no comparison between the two. Messi is simply a much better player, much greater player, and has done far more in his career. Um, Messi has won a World Cup as well, so that's always nice. So Messi, 99 goals for Argentina in 172 uh, international games. That is obviously a sensational record. Cristiano's record is incredible as well, 120 and 197. But he gets the stat pad a lot more. There's a lot more bad teams for Portugal to play than there is for Argentina, who don't play against a lot of these third-tier European countries in qualifiers and such. Um, Messi will have a chance to score his 100th international goal when Argentina play uh, Curaco on Tuesday and you'd imagine he will very much be uh, excited to do that um, hell of a record hell of a record uh, he'd become only the third person to score I think 100 international goals Ali Diaye and Cristiano being the top two um, it, what an amazing amazing player genuinely amazing player uh, let's move on. Cristiano obviously set the record for most caps uh, by a, ma- a male footballer uh, last night. So congrats to him on that. Uh, you can hang that on your wall. Uh, Steve Clark has signed a contract extension to remain as head coach of Scotland <clears throat> until 2026. So that will lead him to seven years in the job. Um it's it's done. He's done pretty well. He's done pretty well. Obviously, got them to the Euros. Uh, failed to qualify for the World Cup, was which was a little bit disappointing. Should should get to the qualifiers, the the playoffs to reach this world, this uh, European Championship. Norway and Spain in the group. That's tough. But if they get third, um, they should get a playoff spot. They've got a playoff spot. I'm sorry, I'm reading this now. Uh, Scotland finished top of the Nations League group, which means they are guaranteed a playoff route for Euro 2024 if they fail to finish in the top two. So, yeah, look, fair play. Uh, Steve Clark's a decent manager. He's not great, but he's decent, so fair play. Uh, Foleran Balogun, who's super talented, on loan at Reims from Arsenal. He's in talks at the moment about switching his international allegiance to the USA. I think that's the best move for him. He was born in America to Nigerian parents, was raised in England, has played for England at underage. I think his best move is to 
play for the USA. And I think he's exactly what they need. They need a number nine. They need a pure goal scorer. And that's what he is. And if you can develop, say, him and Ricardo Pepe as a front pair, that could be really exciting. You've got really talented wide players, good crop of midfielders. I think there's a talented crop of defenders there. Goalkeeper Slanina might be the one, but there's, there's something good taking shape with the US men's national team. And I think he could be one of the final pieces of the puzzle because I really do think he's excellent. Uh, Kylian Mbappe has said he understands Antoine Griezmann being upset, having been overlooked as the next French captain. Griezmann, to me, was the obvious choice. He has been named vice-captain and apparently has considered retirement. Mbappe said, I spoke to Antoine because he was disappointed and frankly, it's understandable. I told him that I might have reacted in the same way. You would not have the grounds to react in the same way, I'm afraid. You just wouldn't. Simple as that. Uh, He has nearly double your amount of caps. He's been in the national team a lot longer than you. And he is a more senior player. You've been given the captaincy because you would have thrown a tantrum. It's that simple. Now, Mbappe will go on and break every international record. He's already got 66 caps. He's only 24. Like, he he should get to close to 200. He should get to where Cristiano is. I could see him getting close in terms of goals as well. He'll break all the French records without question. But I, and he could break all the records uh, with regards to international football. But you're 24. You're only just turned 24. Like, have a little bit of respect. You shouldn't have put your name in the mix anyway. Um, Brennan Johnson has not traveled to Croatia for Wales game against the World Cup semi-finalists. Uh, he has a groin injury and has been asked, has, has asked to be allowed to rest. It's a big blow for the Welsh. He is probably their most talented player. Probably their best player at this point. Uh, so it is a big blow. Um, that's all I've really got today, folks. There's not a whole lot. So I'm just going to do the gossip and get gone and get this little one off to the vet. Uh, Real Madrid have activated Operation Haaland with the intention of signing Erling, ha- Erling Haaland in 2024 when a release clause in his contract of $212 million becomes active. I believe that release clause is significantly lower than that. I believe it's significantly lower than that. Um, Bayern Munich sacking Nagelsmann and replacing him with Tuchel. Tottenham could turn to Nagelsmann as a replacement for Antonio Conte, uh, which is what I said. Um, interesting that Conte hasn't been sacked yet. So Matt Law's report was clearly wrong. Roma manager Jose Mourinho, who will enter the final year of his contract, is to meet with Roma to dis- Roma's owners to discuss their plans for the club. All is going fairly well there so far. So next season is when we can expect the Mourinho uh, fallout at Roma. Paris Saint-Germain could move for Raphael Leao if Lionel Messi does not extend his contract with the French club. Leao and Mbappe is a little bit... There's too much crossover there. You're better off going and targeting a proper number nine. Uh, 
Osman would be the perfect one, but you have the money, so money's not an issue. Uh, Chelsea, Manchester City and Newcastle are considering a summer move for Juventus's 19-year-old English winger Samuel Illing Jr. Now, he's very, very talented. Um, he was in the Chelsea Academy until he was 17, decided to go to Juve. He's impressed when I've seen him. Very versatile, can play anywhere. I'd like to see stay at Juve, if I'm being honest, but given their financial situation, they might have to sell. Marcus Rashford will hold off signing a new contract at Manchester United until the club's new owners are confirmed. Uh, there may not be new owners. Arsenal have joined Leeds, AC Milan and Sevilla in the race for Barcelona, Spain under 19 winger Ilias Akamash. He's super talented. I reckon everybody's in for him, to be honest. Liverpool face competition from Manchester United to secure the services of recruitment guru Paul Mitchell, who will leave Monaco this summer. So Miguel Delaney reported yesterday at approximately three o'clock that Liverpool were to hold talks with Mitchell and then about an hour later said, actually, they're not going to, uh, which was just weird. Manchester City are working on a deal for Hajek split centre-back Luka Vuskovic, but face competition from PSG for this 16-year-old Croatian. 16! Jesus. Everton have joined Newcastle in considering a move for 19-year-old Brazilian striker Giovanni, who plays for Palmeiras. He's talented. Everton Everton will put Neil Mopé up for sale in the summer. Um, It's Football Insider. It's Fraser Fletcher. It's probably tripe, but, you know. Uh, The chances of Messi leaving PSG for Barcelona are increasing. It is 90minute.com. Uh, it is Graham Bailey, so he's not got any clue whether the chances are in- increasing or not. Um, Southampton striker Che Adams could leave the club if they're relegated, and Leeds are interested in the Scottish international. Uh, this is also Fraser Fletcher, again, likely to be spoofing. Manchester United defender Victor Lindelof will make a decision on his future at the end of the season. Fair enough. Concerns are growing among some parties interested in buying Manchester United that the Glazer family may choose not to sell the club. Uh, that is from Sean Ingle, who's pretty pretty tied in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I said all along, I don't think they actually want to sell. I think they want to falsely inflate the value of the club. And that'll do me for today, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back Monday. Um, won't be here Tuesday. I have an appointment on Tuesday for myself, but then we'll be back Wednesday through Friday. But yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. Uh, and then hopefully things just get, can get back to normal and we can do the normal five days moving forward from there. Uh, thank you as always. Bye-bye. Network.